Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, we've got no choice because you've picked break stuff as your first song. It's like, I can't play a clip of break stuff without having to put some kind of explicit flag on the episode. So so you may as well. <laughs> Welcome to Testers Island Discs, your most musical guide to the world of software testing. My name's Neil Studd, and I'll be your castaway companion. Hello and welcome to another episode of Tester's Island Discs, the podcast where I interview a different tester each week and ask them about their career, their passions and some of the music that they like. And today's special guest is Cassandra Lung. Cassandra kind of exploded onto the testing scene a year or so ago. I first met her at Testpash Manchester a year ago and she's taken quite a roundabout route to get into testing. It's the kind of the classic fallen into testing route. She's fallen through a number of roles over the years, starting with studying psychology and then moving into roles in recruitment, account management, business analyst and even product owner. She's currently a tester for Myborn Wolf in Germany and next month she's going to be speaking at both Testbash Philadelphia and Agile Testing Days. Welcome to the podcast, Cassandra. Hey, thank you so much for having me. It's an absolute pleasure, and I'm glad to hear that you've got over the famous Test Bash Germany virus that seems to be going around. Yeah, um, I'm not pointing any fingers on who started it, but I was definitely suffering. It would be very useful to find patient zero, because I've gone to Test Bash Manchester and Philadelphia, as you are in the next few weeks, and I've got to be fully medicated, because they, they can be uh, hectic events. Yes, I'm going to really, really try and not um, have it happen again, because um, all the conferences are so close to one another, I don't really have any healing time this time around. Yeah, we certainly have seasons in the Test Bash calendar and this October, November time is definitely peak conference season. The number of conferences that I'm having to miss because I'm going to other conferences at the same time is insane at the moment. Yeah, I've noticed that too. Like when I look on Twitter and there's like hashtags for all other kinds of conferences that I didn't even realise were on. Um, so there's definitely a lot more than I initially realised. <laughs> so we had Alex Schladerbeck on the first episode and spoke to her about her weird and wonderful path through the different job roles before she got to testing but you've gone and I was gonna say one up to her but you've at least seven up to her I think the number of different jobs you've had what was what was the path that led you into testing eventually yeah I've certainly done a lot of different things but the sort of defining moment I guess for me was um, when I was working as a recruiter for people coming into apprenticeships and I met um, with a head of test a guy called uh, Tristan Brown um, who works at 2i testing and he was just so passionate and excited about testing and I never really had heard very much of it before I didn't really know what it was but as he was describing it and sort of um you know talking about how it would be appealing to an apprentice and it's like forget the apprentice I want to do this <laughs> um and so yeah I, I you know I, I made a conscious decision that I wanted to to leave recruitment and um, make my way into testing or you know some sort of thing in technology because I'd always been interested in in technology but um I just didn't really think that it was something that I could do so I started out in a, a support role in a company that makes recruitment software. So I was really lucky that it was actually able to take advantage of my previous experience and not sort of throw it all away. Um, and then after eight months or so um, doing tech support, I then went into this try role of a tester, product owner and business analyst. And I, I gave myself the name UX Ninja just to sort of <laughs> encapsulate all of that. So recruiters sometimes get a bit of a bad rap. I mean, we all have to deal with them. It, it's the way of the world. But if you could take the lessons that you've learned now that you're in testing and could go back to a test recruiter 
and give them a piece of advice that they don't understand about the world of testing, what would you advise them? I think I would advise advise them to specialise. When I was in recruitment, I was working specifically for an IT recruitment company and I was dealing mostly um, with like market analysts, insight analysts, that sort of thing. Um, so although it was kind of specialised, it wasn't specialised enough. Um, so even like with the difference between insight analysts and business analysts, you know, to a recruiter who's just coming in and, you know, reading job descriptions, which I think we all know how bad job descriptions can be, but, you know, that's your only real point of reference to learn about what these roles are. And now that I'm in testing and I've been a business analyst, I've realised that, like, I, I really had no idea what any of these roles were. Don't get me wrong, I kind of knew that at the time. But, you know, I was placing people, so I thought I knew kind of enough to get away with it. But there's so, so much that is very difficult to try and understand and, and get enough knowledge of if you're focusing on a bunch of different roles. I mean, if we think about it, you know, there's even, um, you know, developer colleagues who don't know what we do. There's product managers that we maybe might report into that don't know what we do. And then so for a recruiter to try and understand that as well without actually working directly with this, it's going to be really really tricky so yeah i'd say that if you do really want to understand testers and get really really good at recruiting them then you know pick a like quite a specific niche and just you know put all your your time and research into that one thing yeah really get to know it you and i had a really good discussion about test recruitment at the manchester open space last year at test bash i remember it was a really good session with your recruitment experience in there the one thing that I learned to really help recruiters is to, to give them feedback. If they're not giving you the candidates that you want, don't just go, oh, they're sending me all these rubbish people. Explain to them what it is about these candidates that aren't meeting your needs. Because like you say, some people aren't necessarily specialists and they may be sending you candidates in good faith. But if they're not meeting your needs, then help them to understand why that is, because that you need that cycle to make sure that you're getting better candidates over time. Yeah, definitely. I think that's the responsibility of both um, the hiring managers and to an extent candidates as well to be able to give recruiters honest and solid feedback that will help guide them to you know better find your candidates or, or find you the, the right role for you because too many people when I was trying to recruit would just you know, re- reject candidates that I was sending over or say that roles weren't suitable without really telling you why. And so it was just, you know, one shot in the dark after another. But if you really take the time to sort of explain to someone, like, um, you're looking for skills X, Y, and Z, that's really not what I'm looking for. You know, target A, B, and C for me. Or maybe even, you know, here's, you know, a summary <laughs> of a really good um, tester that we've got in the team. These are the things that I like about them. I want another one of them something to really go out and search for rather than some <laughs> general thing. So in a moment, we're going to move on to talk about what happens once you actually do break into testing, because as I said, you've uh, you've accelerated your career in testing very quickly after you started, and we're going to get into some discussion about how people could do that for themselves. Before we start, we should remind ourselves of why we're here. We're imagining a scenario where you have been shipwrecked on a desert island, and now that you've landed on this island, you've got five records that you could take with you. What is the first song that you picked to help define yourself and what music means to you? Uh, the first song that I chose is uh, Limp Biscuit Breaks Up. I love it. Like It's such a good song. And I, I love a pun, you know, so testing, break stuff, um, it seemed kind of natural. Um, but when I was growing up, like, I listened to a lot of this kind of, like, 
angry, angsty music. Like I love angsty music. <laughs> it actually makes me really, really happy. Um, whenever I was like upset about something or in a bad mood, um, you know, I'd listen to this kind of music, and I think that's not what people expect. They expect, you know, oh, it's just you know, um, moody people who are like really sad or whatever or angry and they just want to you know hear other sad angry people but for me it wasn't that at all it was a way to um yeah cheer myself up like a catharsis kind of yeah it's nice to just kind of you know shout along with whoever's (laughs) on the track and and uh yeah just get some of that emotion out a little bit So that was Limp Biscuit with Break Stuff and Cassandra clearly breaking my need for an explicit lyrics tag straight away <laughs> with song <Yay>. number one. <laughs> so I mentioned that you moved into testing fairly recently and you were able to find your voice very quickly, it seems. How did you start going about that? Yeah, so it's kind of weird. Like It was very organic yet very deliberate at the same time. Um, so when I started out in testing, it was actually less than two years ago and I was a lone tester as I say it was also sort of combined into product owner and business analyst as well so being very new into the role and even you know technology to an extent I just didn't have anyone to talk to um, I didn't really have any point of reference for how I was getting on or what I should be doing like I read a lot of stuff but I'm very much a doer And I like to be able to get different opinions, get into discussions and debates. So I actively went out and I was like, where are all the other testers? No, where are they hiding? And I was really fortunate to discover Ministry of Testing very early on. And I also saw that there were a lot of testers on Twitter. I didn't use Twitter at the time. I was actually kind of like, why would anyone ever use Twitter, you know? I was imagining like it was a post about like toast and uh, yeah, uninteresting things. But um, grudgingly, I joined Twitter and I just started actively trying to take part in discussions. And it's definitely been one of the best things that I've done um, to learn in testing and also to, to meet other testers. It's such a useful thing to do. So as I say, it was... It was deliberate that I did that, but then once I got started, it's just, you know, I enjoyed it so much, it, it felt like second nature. And did that all come very naturally to you? Are you, are you something of an outgoing person who's who's happy to just walk up and talk to strangers? Um, that's a tricky one because people, like a lot of people say to me, oh, like you're such an extrovert and I really don't see myself that way at all. I, you know, I was saying to people um, in Tischbach, Germany that I was at recently, you know, I would love to be in a room by myself for three weeks, just like sleeping and eating and not talking to anyone. <laughs> But the way I see it is that my love and passion for testing is so much above all of that that the benefit outweighs the kind of awkward, shy nervousness. <laughs> Going up and talking to people that I don't know doesn't come naturally to me normally, but the more I practice it, the more I do it, the easier it gets. And we'll talk a bit more about being uncomfortable and that awkwardness after your next song selection. What's song number two that you've picked? My next song selection is Hunter by Galantis. 
I don't know if anyone actually knows this song, but um, I picked this one because when um, the Testers Island, this podcast was announced, I was listening to this song a lot. I had it on repeat because I just loved it so much. And I actually found it on a Spotify playlist for like Germany's Top 100. And I've never ever heard it in the UK. So yeah, I don't know if it's actually like released, how popular it is, but... I love it and um, I was trying to diversify my choices and I thought I'll pick something that came out this year <laughs> just to show that you know I still listen to current music. <laughs> So that was Hunter by Galantis, which Cassandra was listening to on repeat when Tessa's Island Disc got announced. So I guess it was lucky you didn't have Rick Astley or something on repeat at the time. <laughs> I've been past that face. Yeah. <laughs> so we talked about trying to get outside your comfort zone and talking to people and introducing yourself and making yourself heard. What are some of the benefits of being uncomfortable? Oh, there are so many benefits for me. Like... I don't know about anyone else, but for, for me, there's a lot of things that, that make me feel um, really uneasy. Like I, um, for as long as I can remember, have had like a bit of a fear of conflict. And it was so bad that it wasn't even real conflict. It was just, you know, any vague in the distance potential for conflict. I was, you know, red flagging it and running 100 feet in the other direction. So because it was so not quite crippling but because it affected so many things there was a lot of things that I felt that I couldn't do but really I knew that I could I knew that you know I was the only person holding myself back so and when the talk that I'm doing um in Test Bash Philadelphia about how to benefit from being uncomfortable you know I use some examples of you know like bug advocacy or going up to new people or um having an opinion that's different from others or even just saying like sorry I've got no idea what you're talking about or I've never heard of that technique can you tell me a bit more about it those are things where I think that if we talk more about it or you know make ourselves uncomfortable and, and do those things that you know there are so many benefits that we can get you know for example that that thing of saying I don't know what you're talking about I remember when I first met um, a bunch of testers and the um, test bash Manchester pre-meet up last year and mm. um, they were playing Tessafir. Vern had just come out with the cards and it was awesome and you know they pulled out this card I, I think it was for equivalence partitioning and I'd been testing for not long at all, like months. And I was like, oh my God, I don't know what that is. Like, I'm standing in this group of like all these awesome testers that I see on Twitter. And I don't know what they're talking about. You know, it was very much imposter syndrome. Like, I'm going to get found out. I'm going to get kicked out and told not to come to the conference. Um, but that totally didn't happen at all. I was just like, I kind of with my little shy, meek face, I was like, what, what is that? <laughs> um, and they, um, Paddy, Patrick Prell, Marcel Gellin, um, Bern um, himself as well, they, they were just so, so sweet to me. They, um, they you know, gave their own examples and, and helped me to understand what it was. And then I was like, oh, okay, well, I do know what that is. I just didn't have a name for it before. 
And then so by making myself uncomfortable and admitting that I didn't know what the hell was going on, I was able to learn a name for something that I was doing and also make friends there and build a relationship with people that, you know, I'd already seen online and was admiring. And now we had something to talk about and we even kind of, you know, were reminiscing about it a couple of weeks (laughs) ago. So definitely lots of benefits. Yeah, I think that's the thing with anything fear related, either inside or outside the workplace is almost always you'll get out of the situation at the end and go, well, that wasn't as scary as I thought it was going to be. It's very rare that you go, oh, that was loads scarier than I thought it was going to be. You've always built this idea up in your head. It's always that mental block that you have to get over. Absolutely. And with yourself, that then manifested itself the next day at Test Bash Manchester when you ended the day standing up on stage rapping Jay-Z. We've got Cassandra up next. And Cassandra is going to talk about talking. When I say go... Go. Hi, I'm Cassandra, um, and I wanted to start off by saying that if you're having talk problems, I feel bad for you, son. I've got 99 seconds to get this talk done. <laughs> oh, God, I know, right? <laughs> oh, that was so cringe. Like, as I said at the, the start of, of that 99-second talk, I was talking myself out of it so much, like I was going back and forth, I was sweating, (laughs) but it actually worked really well because, you know, I was talking about being uncomfortable and I definitely made myself uncomfortable. (laughs) And I think that, you know, people were saying to me afterwards that it really illustrated the point well, so I'm really glad that I did it. And Jay-Z kind of segues us towards your next song a little bit. If you want to tell us about what song number three is. Yeah, so my next choice is Beanie Man, King of the Dance Hall. So we're, again, we're going back in time a little bit because this song's been around for a while. But um, I listen to all kinds of music. Um, my taste is, is very eclectic. So I wanted to um, pop this in there to represent, um, you know, the um, the parts of me where I do really like to listen to, like, dancehall, even, like, like Bollywood-style music, that kind of thing that's, you know, not so mainstream. But, um, you know, I love a beat. I love, like, bassy stuff. Yeah, and this just it's the kind of music that always makes me want to dance. It puts a smile on my face. That was King of the Dance Hall by Beanie Man. And you spoke a bit earlier about how you only recently discovered Twitter. And I've certainly had my rants about Twitter over the years. You've said before that you don't like it when testers have tension on Twitter. Do you think there's any way of avoiding that or is it just the nature of the beast? I think there there are ways around it. I mean, I've not seen like so much as I used to recently. So I don't know if maybe I'm getting better at not seeing it. <laughs> but I think definitely, you know, there's been times where people have been a little bit funny with me and I'm kind of thinking, you know, are they trying to start something? <laughs> but kind of like, you know, in testing, like two questions I always ask myself is, is there a problem here and are we okay with it? And then when it comes to, you know, stuff on Twitter or even, you know, like on Slack or anything like that, where it's, you know, it could be going in, in a bad direction, um, you know, the questions I ask myself is, is it necessary? And what would the benefit be? So if someone has been a little bit weird with me and like I want to come back with some like cheeky or sarcastic comment, I'm like, well, is it really necessary to say that? Like, is it better maybe to not say anything at all? And if I do think it's necessary to say it, then... What, what would happen if I say that? Like, what, what good would 
that do to say anything and I'm definitely learned that saying nothing is always an option like you know you don't even have to take it to some awkward place and then you know be the bigger person or anything like that you can just you know bow out early on and just not even have that drama in the first place Hmm. in the past a lot of people have said oh there's only 140 characters it's hard to get your meaning across within that now that twitter have announced they're going to double that to 280 do you think that's going to make it easier or are people just going to dig themselves into deeper and deeper holes Certainly for me, I have struggled sometimes to get my point across in the way that I meant it within that number of characters. But then, of course, you can, you know, abbreviate your words or take it on to, you know, a separate tweet, start threading it out. So I don't know how much the character count will help in the whole tension thing, you know, if we're being real. If Twitter was really doing it for that reason, there's a whole host of other stuff that they could do. (laughs) And with the amount of conflict that happens on Twitter from time to time, do you ever find yourself just needing to disconnect from it entirely? I do sometimes take breaks from Twitter, but it's not because of that stuff. Um, Like, I think that, again, the benefit of being on Twitter and still, you know, um, sort of ignoring that and just taking part in the you know the good discussions the constructive debates and the benefits of that still outweighs the other stuff that's going on you know I just try not to participate in that unless like it's really necessary like if someone is you know almost at the point of being bullied or something like that where you feel you need to say something but sometimes when I've taken breaks from Twitter like the first time I took a break Michael Bolton came to Glasgow and I missed it. I was like, <laughs> the day after he was there, I went back on and was seeing like all these tweets about how awesome it was. I was like, oh. Oh. <laughs> 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 yeah. annoying. Sometimes you do have to take a break and, you know, just do other stuff. Yeah, the fear of missing out is always a big thing. It's, it's then worse when those fears are actually realised. <laughs> yeah, it was. <laughs> so we're going to move on in our final section to talk about conferences and how you can meet other testers at conferences but before that it's time to hear about song number four yes song number four is lost boy by ruth b i think i just stumbled across it on some like chill out playlist or something on spotify but it's so beautiful like just her voice and the lyrics and it's very stripped back it's like this was another song that i you know definitely had on repeat for a while yeah it's really just really, really nice. <laughs> Ever since that day, I am a lost boy from Neverland, usually hanging out with Peter Pan. And when we're bored, we play in the woods, always on the run from Captain Hook. Run, run, lost boy. They say to me, away from all of reality, Neverland is home to lost boys like me, and lost boys like me are free. So that was Ruth B with Lost Boy. And we've been talking a bit about conferences and communities. One of the things that I spotted you doing on Twitter recently is something that you've termed Tester Bingo. Did you come up with that yourself? 
I did. Um, I like to just make stuff up. So, <laughs> last year at Test Pass Manchester, it was my first ever conference. As I say, I didn't know anyone at all. So there, I set myself a challenge to get pictures and contact details with as many people as possible. And I got up to almost 50. So I was super proud of that. And this year, I wanted to have a similar sort of like game or a goal, but a little bit different. So this year, I'll just like the end of, of this year, I'm going to four different conferences within the space of like six to eight weeks. And again, a lot of really great people that I knew were going and um, that I really wanted to meet. And I thought, you know, I should, I should actually make a list and write this stuff down because I'm going to forget. I'm so forgetful. I thought like lists are a bit boring, right? So I decided instead to turn it into Tester Bingo um, so that I could tick people off when I met them. And then I also leave blank spaces on the cards so that, I, you know, instead of just going around and trying to meet people who I've met before or already know a bit from online, that I could still try and meet new people as well that, you know, I'd never met before, never heard of before, and still, you know, get involved that way and just have an excuse to, to meet people. Mm. So did you manage to complete your card at Test Bash Munich? I did. I'm so happy. (laughs) (laughs) What was your reward to yourself for getting a full house? My reward to myself was super happy, fun smile. <laughs> I really feel like it's its own reward, you know. I'm, I mean, I like got pictures with like more than 30 different testers and I met more than 15 new people just from using these cards. Um, and I definitely think that as you get to know and build relationships with more people who go to these conferences, it's very tempting just to kind of hang out with your friends. So it was really useful for me to have that tool of like, oh, well, you know, I still want to complete my card. <laughs> I've got that motivation to say like, cool, I'm going to go mingle, see you later. Um, And then meet a whole bunch of other cool people. And I believe you've made the templates for those available on Google Docs. So I'll put a link in the show notes for people if they want to, to try that for themselves. Yeah, and I'll be making them for the other conferences I'm going to later this year as well. So um, I'll post on Twitter when they're available as well. So you mentioned how that was a really useful technique for meeting new faces and not just the same old faces. That is a bit of a problem that I've heard people saying at conferences where... If you're a first timer at a conference, that can be quite an intimidating situation if people between the sessions are all in their little kind of conversational cliques of people they know and sharing in jokes. How can we as more experienced people within the test community help to make it easier for newcomers? Um, I think it needs to be something that we do consciously. You know, I I don't think I'm the only introvert that's been mistaken for an extrovert. And so I think that it can be really intimidating to see these people in groups like having a great time and a laugh or even like speakers talking to people and feeling a little bit intimidated, Um, especially, you know, if they're kind of like tester famous. (laughs) And so I think that those of us who, you know, are maybe a little bit more well known or who do have um, friends in the industry or at the conferences already, we need to make an effort to step out of our comfort zone a little bit to invite people into what can sometimes appear as a circle but you know really it's just we're, we're all just people you know who love testing yeah. so so I think we just need to um, consciously bring people into the conversations or like introduce new people that we've met to other people get them chatting or even you know play tester bingo for yourself and see how it works <laughs> out for you. Yeah I'm as guilty as anybody at doing that and that's because I am an introvert and if I'm in a, a large room with lots of people I will seek out the people I know because it makes me feel more comfortable I'm yeah. going to be going out of my way at Test Bash Manchester to to not do that 
and to, to go and introduce myself to particularly to new people, but also other people who seem to be in that same position as I am. You know, the lone people who look like they're trying to find a group to talk to. I'm, I'm going to be looking for those people. So if you see me at Test Bash Manchester, don't be afraid to come up to me because I might be afraid to come up to you, but I really want to meet some new faces. Same. <laughs> so let's talk about your final song. My final song, that would be really impressive if anyone knows this, um, it's RuPaul Read You Wrote You. Um, so RuPaul is in RuPaul's Drag Race, the drag queen. He is amazing. He's like my idol. He's just like, like he's such a nice person. Like I want him to be my dad. <laughs> but um, as part of one of the challenges on the show, um, like some of the drag queens um, wrote verses to a song Read You Wrote You. It's just so good. Like, I'm obsessed with RuPaul's Drag Race. And I don't care what anyone says. I genuinely believe that this is a good song. <laughs> so go and listen to the full thing. Naomi Campbell and these hoes to the crown next. Told you, told you, now I'm, now I'm rich, yeah. So that was RuPaul Read You Wrote You from RuPaul's Drag Race. Clearly, Cassandra needs to come on to my other podcast, Screen Testing, where we talk about film and TV. Yeah. <laughs> so one last piece of business before we wrap up is this desert island, as well as having five songs, we allow you to take one book with you for the journey. What book would you take with you to keep you from going insane on this island? I am super cheeky, so I would bring with me a sketchbook. so i actually like i've never enjoyed reading fiction Mm. like i don't know what it is i don't know if like maybe when i was younger they like weren't challenging enough for me or like i always find the stories like quite predictable and just meh i don't generally enjoy fantasy so whenever like i i I read it'll be you know something non-fiction it'll be like you know even just about testing but you know about like psychology or greek mythology something like that but if i'm on a desert island i think it would be really nice just to like not be like that kind of intellectual Mm. like not even like i was thinking about this like not even bring pens or anything like that just like use the elements use the stuff on the island to create something like that sounds awesome to me mm, so kind of rubbings or something yeah and it exercises a different part of your brain it's, it's obviously important to keep the brain active on this island but yeah that, that's mm. a, a really creative use of your book selection and clearly you've been you've been testing throughout this episode you've been look, testing all the boundaries you've been testing my <laughs> my ability to play explicit lyrics the, the <laughs> categorization of what a book is you've been the absolute perfect guest it's been a pleasure cassandra Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's been really fun. If people want to get in touch with you outside of a conference, obviously at a conference they can just run up to you and you'll be delighted to talk to them. But if they're stuck at the other end of a a Twitter account, for example, where do they go to find you? Yeah, so my handle on Twitter is tweet underscore Cassandra. Cool. And I mentioned at the beginning that you're going to be at Test Bash Philadelphia and Agile Testing Days. Where else are you finding yourself in the next few months? Um, I'll be at Test Bash Manchester as well, so that's at the end of the month. Um, feel free to run up to me. Um, I actually thought about um, like printing off a shirt that says "Come and say hi" or something, but I'm not organised enough. So just like memorise my face. <laughs> and as we try all to commit Cassandra's face to memory, 
I think all that leaves me to say is thank you very much for listening. If you want to get in touch with the show, you can find us on Twitter at Testers Island. Or if you want to get hold of any of our previous episodes or find out how to apply to be a guest for the show, you could do so at www.testersislanddiscs.com. Thank you very much for listening and thank you, Cassandra. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Testers Island Discs is brought to you in association with the Ministry of Testing. Written and produced by Neil Studd. Theme music by Tony Lovich. Follow us on Twitter at Testers Island 